Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. starting a brand new series today called Stress Out. How many of you guys need to be here for, for this month? Me, just me? Two hands up? Some of y'all know somebody that needs to be here for this month, so bring them. Um, but we're starting this brand new series called Stress Out. We're going to be looking at this month, um, doing how do we um, look at some of the things and the circumstances that, that really rob us of our joy and cause us to stress out. You know, people are stressed. Like, some people have never even recovered since um, 2020, what a year that was. Um, some people thought they had recovered, but then the next big thing kind of hit them right in the gut. And so we've just lived our, our lives in this, this continual ball of stress for the last two years. And I really want to help you guys um, get that off of your shoulders. And so, you, you know, maybe this is you Never feel like you have enough time, energy, money, uh, your relationship poor, you're stuck at a dead-end job going nowhere, uh, can, and, and you never feel like you have a moment's peace. All of these things start really piling up on you over time, and it starts weighing you down. And it can be crushing for some people because the weight is so heavy. And, and the Bible actually puts it like this. This is Jesus speaking in Luke chapter 21, verse 34. It says this. It says, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. We have to be careful. We have to be careful. We have to pay close attention to the fact that life, if we're not in control of it, will weigh us down, it'll stress us out, and the Bible says that it's like a trap. Have you guys ever seen a good trap before? You know how you can spot a good trap? You can't. You can't spot a good trap. It's, it's, it's hidden. This is how stress operates in our lives. By the time that you know it's there, it's a little bit too late. So you feel like you have it all under control, you've got it all managed, and then, boom, all of a sudden, it hits. It hits, and this message today, honestly, I'm very passionate about this one myself um, because it's something, uh, number one, I'm still learning this on my own, but, but I'm very passionate about it because if you, if you would have seen where I came from um, to where I am now, you would understand why I'm so passionate about this. It's something I'm learning, but God's really been teaching me the value of this. Um, before I tell you what it is, I want to kind of give you a, a couple stories that's going to break it down into context for you. So... Uh, two times in my life that I can remember, um, I had a complete breakdown. Two times in, in my life I remember them. And, and I'm talking like not able, able to control my emotions, couldn't catch my breath, my body just shut down. So the first one happened years ago. Um, it was I, was, I was on staff at a church, and this church we were having like a, a revival. And if you, if you don't know what a revival is, you've probably never been to a Pentecostal church before, charismatic church. But, but if you don't know what that is, it, the church that I was at, um, they're a little more charismatic than this one, all right? And so what I mean is like people worshiped hard, and they, and they worshiped long. They went on, like service could go on for hours at a time. I'm not going to do that to you today, okay? We've got one hour. 15 minutes is the cap for you. Somebody praise God this place. Nobody? Okay, cool. Three hours it is then. All right, hey, let's break into this thing. But So we were in the middle of this revival, and, and they called it, um, and 
it was like day seven or eight, maybe, ten, maybe day ten in this thing. And every night it would keep going on. And, and every night we'd have church and then the pastor would say, well, God told me we're going in another night. And I'm like, I'm like, God, are you sure about that? You know what I mean? Like, I'm a little tired at this point. And, and, and listen, I had a full-time job at, at the time I was working that. And so I woke up early every morning for work. And then I, I worked my 40-hour week on top of this. Then revival keeps going late into the night. So I'm like, night seven, eight, maybe, maybe 10. I, I made the decision that, you know, I'm going to sit. I'm not going to serve tonight. I'm just going to sit. I'm going to rest. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to attend and I'm going to take a break. Well, near the end of the service, um, pastor asked me to jump up on stage uh, and, and lead worship for us for the altar call. And of course, I wanted to honor him. And so I jumped up there and I did it anyway, even though I told myself I wasn't going to. And when I, when I got done, I mean, it lasted, altar call lasted at least an hour, right? It was wild. You think worship is long here? It's not. Uh, it, you're, you're, you're well off with Nelson. And so um, it went like an hour and I jumped down off the stage and then I sat down and it was like when I sat down in the chair, my body just shut off. It was like it shut down altogether. And I couldn't catch my breath. I was crying. My gut's out. My body lost everything. My brain just hit the off button. You know what I mean? I don't know if you guys have ever been there before. I couldn't drive home. Cassie had to help me to the car and drive me home and put me in bed. And I had to take the next day off of work just to recover because my body said, nope, boom, and it shut down. And then the second time this has happened was actually not too long ago, believe it or not. Um, it, it, but it was long enough ago that I feel comfortable sharing it with you today in hopes that it never has to happen to you. And so I think this was honestly just a little bit over a year ago, um, just before we launched the church, maybe about a year ago today. Um, it was the month leading up to the launch of the church, so it was like September of last year. And I'm telling you guys, you get to see me up here preaching on, on Sundays and you think, man, that must be an easy job. It must be great preaching on Sundays. Preaching on Sundays is like the smallest portion of what I get to do here um, at the church and what I get to do each week leading the team, leading the church. And, uh, and I still work a full-time job on top of this. And, and it's just, it's a, it's a busy week. And, um, and so we were, I was working my job still, my full-time job, and we were Cassie and I were trying to plant a church, and, uh, and we're heavy into this pre-launch phase. Like We're like every night throughout the week, it's like, okay, we're buying something. We're putting something together. We're meeting with somebody. We're, we're networking with somebody. I'm taking mentoring calls and, and counseling calls and coaching calls, and, and all these different things are on top of that 40 to 50-hour week um, that I'm working at, at Carhartt, and the, the schedule is crazy, and phone calls and meetings, and and one night, we were just on the way home from Richmond. I, I don't even remember what we were doing. Um, we were on the way home from Richmond, and we're on 52, heading back here to Irvine, and we just got talking about the church and everything, and my anxiety just rose up. And before I knew it, again, boom, it was like my body shut down. It just stopped. Everything stopped working right. I couldn't catch my breath. My emotions were all over the place. I had to pull over on the side of the road and jump out of the car and walk the street just to catch my breath. And once again, my body just like hit that shutdown button. And both of these times, there was really a common factor to it. The common factor was that I didn't have control of my schedule. My schedule had control of me. And I was just running and running and never stopping and pushing ahead to the next best thing. And you think, it's okay, I'm going to keep pushing because this is good stuff that we're doing. But you all feel like you just don't have enough time in the day. 
And in fact, the Bible would describe it like this. And I believe many of you can identify yourselves with this. It, um, if you got your message notes, you can follow along with every single scripture and, and point today on that. But it says here in Job chapter 9, it says, My days go by faster than a runner, and then fly away without my seeing any joy. Your days fly by faster than you want. You never have enough hours in the day. And because of it all, your joy is just stripped away. You can't even enjoy life because you're just trying to keep up with it. You guys ever been there before? Maybe it's just me. Probably not, though. But, but this was me, and my body literally made me take a break. My body shut. It made me take a break. It gave me the warning sign, hey, you got you to gotta slow down. And, and actually, uh, there's a term that, that people would use that it showed me the writing on the wall. If you guys have ever heard of that term before, it, the writing on the wall, and it means a, a clear sign of imminent doom. It actually comes out of the Bible um, in Daniel chapter 5. I want to show you this story today in Daniel chapter 5. Uh, there, there's this guy, King Belshazzar. Bless me. Just kidding. It was supposed to be a sneeze joke. That didn't, that didn't go over well. King Belshazzar gave a, not even on the second time, nobody blessed me. That's okay. Whatever. Y'all are good. Thank you. Can always count on my wife. King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine. And while Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken. Man, they really picked some good ones for that family. You know what I mean? Like, try to spell those. Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem so that the kings and his nobles, wives and his concubines might drink from them. So they brought in the gold goblets and they've been taken from the temples of God in Jerusalem. He took all this stuff and he's using all of it and it's not, it's not good, it's not happening right. And then the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines drank from them. And as they drank from the wine, they praised the gods of gold and silver and of bronze and iron, wood and stone. Now listen, let me stop right here. All of these are representative. These are, t- these are a type of our own efforts. Like, I'll work as hard um, as, as I want to, do as much as I want to, and earn as much as I want to. Like, this is, this is all of my own effort going in. And then the next word that happens here is suddenly. Suddenly. And, and you know, you don't have to, you're, there will be a point where, you, where you're going just too far, like, and then suddenly, you've gone just a little too far, and then suddenly something happens, like, like God didn't create it, but listen, he will, he will absolutely let something happen to give you a wake-up call, that will absolutely happen in your life, and, and, and it happens suddenly, and, and suddenly, the, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall, now, listen, I don't know what this looks like, and maybe like the, that hand out of the Adams family, I don't know. I don't really know. But, but this hand appeared in it, and it started writing on the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. And the king watched the hand as it wrote. His face turned pale. He was, he was just freaking out. He summoned these enchanters and these astrologers and diviners, and, and he said to these, uh, quote, unquote, wise men of Babylon, they're not wise at all. He said, whoever reads this writing, whoever can, can tell me what this means, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reward them. I'm going to make them wealthy, and I'm going to make them have the third highest rank in, in this whole country. And so the king calls for um, someone to be able to interpret what, what that, the hand had written out. He couldn't read it. And nobody from his courts knew how to do it. 
And the queen comes in and says, hey, don't, don't be worried. Don't be afraid. Um, in fact, I know, a, I know a man that knows the, the, that knows the, the truth. She didn't say this, but he knows the true God. I know a man that knows um, God, the holy God, and he can interpret. And by the way, I want to tell you today that, that you can search and you can search and you can search, but you're never going to be able to solve a spiritual problem without bringing God into it. You can't solve a spiritual problem on your own. you got to bring God into it to to help you out, to do it for you. And so skip down to to verse um, 25, and this guy named Daniel comes in. He's brought in. He's a a Jewish guy. He's from the the land of Israel, and he serves the, the one true God. And he says, hey, I can tell you what this means. He says, this is the inscription that was written, meanie, meanie, tekel, parson. And you're like, somebody had a seizure. I don't know what those words mean. It's good because he, he explains it next. This is what it means. Many means that God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tekel means you have been weighed on the scales and you've been found wanting. And peres, which is the singular version of the word parson, it means that your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. So, so there's, there's a couple things that we can learn here from, from this warning that, that he got, that the king got. First, our days are numbered, is what it's saying here. The, the mene means our days are numbered. Listen, guys, you're all going to die someday. Everybody in here going to die. So, so I'm so glad I could encourage you with that this morning. You are going to, everybody in here is going to die one day. So there, there were two people sitting around there having a conversation, and uh, one man said to the other guy, he said, hey, do you, do you, do you want to know when you're going to die? And the other man replied, no, I don't want to know when I'm going to die. Uh, the guy replied, he, he said, I'd rather know where I was going to die. And he said, well, why is that? And the man said, because I'm never going to go there. <laughs> Just, whew, that hit like a ton of bricks. Um, didn't work. All right. But it's important for us to recognize that our days are numbered, that, our, that, that we only have so many, and honestly, not as many as you think you do. Why is that important? Because anything that you think you have a lot of, you're going to tend to squander it. But anything that you think you have a, a small amount of, you're going to conserve it, and you're going to use it wisely. So our days are numbered. Next, we can learn that our lives can easily get out of balance. He said, your life has been weighed and it's been measured and it's been found wanting. Your life is out of balance. Our lives can easily get all out of balance and we tend to put all of the wrong things first. And then our misuse of time will always cost us something. It's going to cost us something. Say, you know... I have a, you say, I do have a lot of stress in my life. And, you know, maybe my life is weighed and measured and out of balance and found wanting. But what, what, do, I, what do I do about it? I want to offer you a thought today that, that you've obviously made the right choice being here. Like, you, you're starting your day off well. You've made the choice to honor God today and come to church. And, and, and the Bible refers to uh, this day as a Sabbath, as a, as a day of rest, as the Lord's day. And so you've done a portion of it already. Um, you, you've set aside some time to get in the presence of God, to worship some, to hear the Scriptures, be refreshed by it. But here's the thought. 
What if instead of just like an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday, what if you dedicated the whole day to the Lord? What if we took the whole day and gave it back to God? I don't mean like be in church all day, because honestly, I think more than an hour and 15 minutes, and it, that's enough. I mean, that's enough for a Christian, you know what I mean? But, but what if you took the whole day, and you went to church in the morning, and then you, you came home, you ate a good meal, you took a good nap. Can I get an amen from somebody? You took a good nap, you ate a good meal. What if there was 30 minutes where you just got away, and you, you found a quiet place, you did some soul searching, you did some organizing, you looked at your schedule. And now, um, this is what I do um, on my Saturday, because my Sabbath can't be on Sunday, okay? Like, uh, the joke is that um, Lionel Richie obviously wasn't a pastor, or else he wouldn't have said easy like Sunday morning, because Sunday is a day of work for me. And so I don't get to take my Sabbath on Sundays, but I take mine on Saturday every single week. And so I'll sleep, I'll sleep in late if I can. If my body doesn't wake me up too early, um, I'm going to turn this phone on do not disturb. So if you texted me yesterday and didn't get a response, I'm sorry, but my phone, it's on do not disturb. So, so I can, I can kind of take the day and push away from the normal hustle and bustle. I'm trying to get to a place, honestly, where I turn this phone off completely. I might have just like a burner phone, you know what I mean? Just one of those flip phones that nobody can track. No, I'm just kidding. But really, I might do that. Have a flip phone and just only a couple people know my number. I don't know. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to make sure that I can focus and dedicate this whole day to God. And, uh, and, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go in, I'll listen to a message. I'll, you know, I'll think about that and I'll rest and I'll recover and I'll rejuvenate and I'll cease from doing work. No, no Carhartt. No Summit View Church, just resting, getting in the presence of God and honoring him with the whole day. And, and, and you know, one really important thing that you can do on the Lord's day that, that will make a big impact, get your calendar out. Like, get your calendar out, get your schedule out, sit down with your spouse if you have one, reevaluate your schedule. Like, like, decide for this next week what you should do and decide what you shouldn't do. Like, you got to look at your schedule, and, and I'm going to offer you this thought that if you, if you really want to be free from stress of our calendar and, and free from the stress of your time, if, you're, if your days are going by faster than a runner and you have no joy, why don't you just go ahead and, and take today and honor God all day and honor God with your, with your schedule for this next week? And see how it works out. And I'm going to give you this morning um, this three th- three keys that that I'm thinking about on how we can really take back our schedule, and where our schedule doesn't own us, but we start owning our schedule again. So three keys that to taking back your schedule. Um, number one, refocus on what matters most. Refocus on what matters most. You you know you you got to say to yourself at some point, I don't need to do every activity that I could do. Yeah, I could do that, but I don't need to, to do that. The, in fact, the truth is, the truth is, guys, you were made to run. Like you were made to, to, you were made to do hard things, to do hard work. You were made to run, but, but you weren't made to run all the time. Like you have a limited amount of time and energy to run, and so what will end up happening is our lives will look like this. It will look like um, 
you, you have so much energy here, and you, you, you're choosing 10 different ways to disperse it. You only have a, li- a, a, a limited amount of energy, and so you're, you're given just a little bit of energy to a whole lot of things. But when you sit down and you refocus yourself and you find the most important things to you, this is what would happen is that you would take all that energy that you're putting into all these other places, these 10 different things you're doing, refocus it on two or three different things, and you can run further than you could ever run on your own. Like, like when you're putting it out to, to all these different places, you can take all that time that you were putting to everything else, all that energy that you were putting to, to everything else, and focus it on the essential things. And you can go so much further, and you can go so much faster, and you can do so much more with it when you're just focusing yourself, refocusing on what matters most. Notice I didn't tell you to focus on what matters most. I told you to refocus because this is a constant thing that you need to continue to do. Like every week you should be sitting down and refocusing on what matters most. It's a constant process. And so when we look at what matters most, here's uh, three things that I believe they matter, okay? What, what matters the most? Number one, uh, relationships matter. Relationships matter. There's not one person in the whole world that on their deathbed wish that they would spend one more hour at the office. No, they're, they're always looking, they're calling for somebody. I wish I would have spent more time with my son, my daughter, my wife. They're always wishing to spend more time with people. Relationships matter. And that's why I'm urging you today, listen, I'm urging you, take time for relationships. There are probably some activities that don't need to be done today. And instead, you just might need to hold your wife's hand or hold your husband's hand. Go take a walk through the neighborhood. Now listen, when you do that, they're going to pass out, okay? They're not going to believe it, but just pick them right back up and keep on walking, all right? They're not going to know what's happening, but you just pick them back up. You hold their hand. You just keep on walking. Relationships matter, and that's why I'm urging you today. Listen, small groups start on September 18th. They start on September 18th, and I'm urging you guys, get in a group. Get in a group because they're all about developing relationships between people. And, and we're going to have quite a few different small groups to choose from. If you like fantasy football, you can plug into that. If you like, um, I can't even think. If you like walking with other ladies, you can plug into that. And you can bring your kids along to some of them, and it's, and it's great. And there's so many groups that you can choose from. Here's what I want you to do. Find a group. On September 11th, we're going to have... Just next Sunday, we're going to have all our groups out there. They're, you're going to be able to go to it online and search what groups and, that we have offered to you and which ones you fit in with best. And we have quite a few groups to choose from. I just want you to choose one. I want you to find, or two, I don't care. Just, find, just plug in to some because Ecclesiastes 4.12 says this. It says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. There, three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Guys, make relationships a priority. Get in a group. Get in a group. Get in a group, okay? Next, purpose matters. Relationships matter. Purpose matters. Make sure you're living your life on purpose. Your purpose matters more than you think it does. Like, your life is going to be happiest when you're doing the things that God created you to do. Your life is going to be more fulfilled when you're doing the things that God created you to do. And by the way, you can find this out today at Pathway. 
That's why we have it. You can discover your purpose right there at Pathway. It helps you discover your personality and your spiritual gifts and because we believe that your design reveals your destiny. Acts chapter 20, verse 24 <coughs> says this. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by Jesus. You have a work assigned to your life by Jesus. Find it. And when you do, joy is going to come back in your life. I promise it is. I promise it is. So relationship matters. Purpose matters. Eternity matters. Eternity matters. Always be thinking about eternity. Guys, because we're living in this vapor. We're living in what the Bible calls a mist right here on this earth. And and the majority of your life, the the vast majority of your life is going to be lived on the other side of this. This is nothing. So the Bible tells us to work for it, to give to it, to serve to it. The Bible tells us to, to store up our riches for eternity. Matthew chapter 13 verse 44 says, The kingdom of heaven, this is a story from Jesus, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when the man found it, he hid it. Then he, in his joy, went and sold all that he had and bought the field. So this man found this, this, this treasure and he dug a hole and he hid it in his field. And then he went and sold everything he had just so he could buy that whole field. Guys, this field is eternity. And if you really knew how much eternity matters, you would put every part of your life toward it. Toward it. Refocus on what really matters. I hope I'm helping you do that today. Secondly... Here's the thing I recommend you to do. If you find some time today, take inventory of your life. Number one, we need to refocus on what matters most. Number two, we need to reduce the non-essentials. Reduce the non-essentials. Guys, you can never eliminate all the non-essentials in your life, but you can reduce them. They're... I'm preaching to myself, maybe I shouldn't watch eight hours of Netflix this week. You know what I mean? Like, or, or maybe I shouldn't watch eight hours of Netflix tonight. I don't know what it's, your life is like. But there are some things that are robbing you of your time. They're wearing you out. And they just aren't that important. King Solomon had some great advice when he, when he wrote this in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. He said, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Better to do less than it is to do more. And you say, but, but I have two hands. Yeah, but if, if you got both hands full, you can't do anything else. Better to live a one handful. Did you know that, that last, as of last year, Americans are spending 117% of their income? You're like, wait. The numbers are going. Yeah, that's more than we make. Like, Americans are spending 117% of our income. That's more than we have. You can't sustain that. You can't. Like, heck, we aren't, we aren't living a one-handful life. We aren't even living a two-handful life. There's some people that are trying to get a footful in there, too. You know what I mean? Like, they're trying to live a, a footful life. Everybody, everybody thinks this. Come on, help me out here. If $1 is good, $2 are better. If, uh, if one Krispy Kreme is good, okay, come on. If one Krispy Kreme is good, two Krispy Kremes are... If one wife is good, two wives are wrong. Okay, don't do that. Don't do that. That's another message. But, but seriously, if you, if you learn to say no, you're going to trade popularity for respect. 
Not only should you have a to-do list that you, that you work on this week, you should have a not-to-do list too. You should have some things that you say, I'm not going to do this this week. I might do it next week, but it ain't going to be this week. Everybody wants to pull you in one way or another. Here's a, here's a truth of your life. God has a great plan for you. Or God has a great purpose for your life, and everybody else has a plan for it. You know what I mean? Like, like God loves you, and everybody's got a plan for your life. But you got to learn to evaluate it. You, you want the stress out of your schedule? Come back. Refocus on what matters. Reduce the non-essentials. And then, number three, reprioritize my life. Reprioritize my life. This is a, a powerful principle, and you probably don't really understand how powerful this is. You, you can't just have things in your life. you got to put them in the order that, that matters. Like, the order that you put these things in in your life, it, it matters. Order is powerful. Not just what I do, but what I do first. It matters. It's, it's powerful. If you don't prioritize your, your life, someone else will. Someone else will. So, so I've got a, I'll pull this up here. I've got a little thing here I want to I show you today. I, uh, I saw this a little while ago, and uh, I thought it was applicable today. Uh, the title of your message today is, is Big Rocks. All right, it's Big Rocks. And so um, these jars here, this, this jar represents the capacity of your life. Like this is everything that you can, that you can handle, okay? And these, these little pebbles are all the non-essentials. These little pebbles in this jar, these are all the non-essentials of, of, of your life. The, the phone call, uh, the 30 texts every, every day or more, the uh, TV, uh, traffic jams. Let's be real, half of it is Facebook, okay? Half of this jar is social media. And we try to fit all these into our life. And then we have these big rocks that... These are what really matters in our life. And so we learned that, you know, um, eternity, eternity matters. And so we put that in there. And then, and then we learned that, hey, purpose matters. I know that. I'm, I, I really want my purpose to matter. But, and, then, and then relationships matter. You know, I, I'd, love to, I'd love to be in a small group this, this semester, but, but it, just doesn't, it just doesn't fit. And you're like, I... Yeah, I get it. All these things matter, but Pastor Michael, when I try to put them in here, it just doesn't, it doesn't fit. Like, it doesn't fit into my, my life. But, but listen, what if, you tried to, what if you tried to put them in in a different order? You tried to put your, your, your priorities in there in a little different order here, and, and so eternity matters, and purpose matters, and relationship matters. And I'm not even asking you to reduce your life for anything, but, but as, we, as we put it in there... Like, we just let it go and got to shake it down. And all of a sudden, it's so weird. Some of them spilled out. Sorry, vacuum. Uh, but, 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 you know, the order matters because it wasn't that they didn't fit. It was just that we put the wrong things in first and, and they weren't stacking right on top of each other. But, but if we put the, the right things in first, the big priorities in our life, there's no problem here. Your life can handle what you're going through. Your life can handle the capacity. You just have to order what matters first. And so God first, eternity matters, and then, then your, your purpose matters. You need to live for it. And then your relationships matter. Same size jar, 
same size capacity of life, but a different order, and it all fits. Because listen, order determines capacity. Order determines capacity. And when I put the right things first, this is what Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, he said, So, so don't worry, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Because the pagans, like, you know, means a lot worse than it. The pagans run after all these things. This is how they live their life. What, what am I drinking? What am I eating? What am I, what am I wearing? The pagans run after all these things. And listen, your heavenly father knows you need them. Your heavenly father knows that you have emails. He knows you have to go to work. He knows that you have homework to do. But listen, the next, next verse, but seek first his kingdom. Put, put the big rocks in, not just anywhere. Put them in first. Put the big rocks in first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things are going to be given to you as well. If you do these things, if you put the big rocks in first, God will take care of all of the rest. He'll take care of those little pebbles, all the little things. But the order determines your capacity. I want to pray for you, but before I do that, there's just one more thing that I couldn't get off of my heart that the the Spirit of God is is saying to me this morning, crystal clear. He says, He's saying, No, like Michael, get it. This is, there's some of you out there, this is critical for because, because this is not just your schedule that we're talking about, like, this is your heart. This is, this is your heart that we're, that we're dealing with. And, and, and there's some of you out there that you're, you're weighed down in life. You're, you're critical right now. And the writing is on the wall. And I believe that we serve a powerful God. And you can leave here today not just seeing a fun illustration and hearing some cool points, but you can leave here today changed and healed and having God on the entirety of of your life. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus says this. He says, Come to me, all of you who are weary, who carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. You know what it's like to be a follower of Jesus? If you were to ask me, Michael, what, how would you describe being a follower of Jesus? I'd say restful. Restful. Because if I live, I've got purpose. I've got a reason for it. If I die, I'm going to heaven. And that's where I want to be. In the storms, God is there. In the peace, God is there. When I'm overwhelmed, God is there. And I'm restful. And listen, I have probably the same amount of circumstances as anyone else. Listen to this. Anyone else sitting in this room But Jesus says when you're weary and when you're burdened, he's going to do something supernatural that no one can explain. Jesus will give you rest where you need it. He said, come to me. I'll give you rest. You just have to come on. Guys, and some of you need it. 
you have marriage issues, you have financial issues. There's a man in this room right now that nobody knows the load that you carry. Nobody knows how hard you work and how much weight you have to bear to make sure that your family is taken care of and you're tired. There's a woman in this room that right now that serves and serves and serves everybody else, constantly giving of your time and your energy, and you're always putting everybody else first and making sure that they're taken care of, but inside you're a mess, and you're dry, and you're burnt out. And Jesus says today he wants to give you rest. Come to him. You're weary, you're tired got a heavy load to bear. This isn't about just your schedules, guys. This is about your heart. Come to him, and he can give you rest. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then, have a great week.